there's no real words to describe what it was like watching the Democratic debates between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. It was so weird, right? Like, honestly, these two people are having a conversation about which one of them deserves to be the leader of the free world. I mean, the number one honcho, basically, in the world around the most powerful nation. And the conversation couldn't get past a grade five spitting match. Honestly, it was so wildly childish. And almost not even like in an entertaining way. Like normally we go into these debates, we expect Trump to get his roast off, to get his jokes off, to get his stand up in, to get his old mamas in there, you know. We didn't really get that. So all of a sudden we got a lot of interrupting, a lot of over talking, a lot of hyperbole, if you will. I, like it just seemed wild. And we got a very frustrated moderator, uh, for our Fox News moderator. And going into this, um, you know, you, you always have high expectations or not even high expectations, but you have expectations of, you know, at least I'll be able to have a better understanding of who I want to vote for. But honestly, I don't see how anyone who's like undecided had a bit more of clarity after that. That was insane. And one of the things that always I take away from these debates is I, I try to look at, you know, the angles that people are trying to go for in debates or their strategies. Right. So one of the things that was interesting is that Donald Trump's strategy going to the debate didn't necessarily seem like he was trying to get new voters. Matter of fact, it seems like seems like he was really trying to appeal to his core base. You know, he wasn't trying to go after the moderate voters. He wasn't talking about any plans that, you know, the left would want to hear. He was really focused in that TV appearance on his base. Some might say he was a little too focused. Honestly, he was really a little too focused. Obviously, you've probably seen the clip by now where they asked him, do you denounce white supremacy? And he said, Stand back and stand by, <laughs> which is the craziest uh, quote of probably, honestly, that's going to go down in the history of the USA. It's, it's, it's at a really ridiculous place, honestly. Um, and yeah, he didn't technically on that floor denounce them. He hesitated which is a really weird thing. It's literally them, you know, as you've seen the clip, them asking, hey, are you against evil? And he's like, well, uh, I need to think about that, which is just absolutely wild. And that's because he knows that there's a small section of his base that is racist. Now, the weird thing is the way that he answers the question, he's answering in a way that it makes his whole base seem racist. You know, like he's always like contrasting, you know, the right side with how bad the left side is. But he's he's just conflating and making it seem like the whole Republican base is racist. Another one of Trump's strategies was he was really trying to get Joe Biden to distance himself from his supporters. 
You know, if he could have another election that has a record low turnout, it seems to always favor the Republicans. So a lot of times he wanted Joe Biden to speak on law and order and the protests. That way, uh, Trump could really get Joe Biden to specify the things that, you know, his radical left protesters or radical left supporters don't necessarily want to hear. So he wants to make them take anti Bernie Sanders stances and take anti, um, you know, funding the police um, stances. And that's why a whole bunch of the times you see Trump just say, hey, you just lost the left, lost the left. And he tried to get Biden to really step into that realm. Now, I think the weirdest part um, that's making the headlines now is there is this one clip there where Donald Trump brags at how much he doesn't wear a mask. It was weird. He literally went into this monologue saying, Biden, he always wears a mask. He wears it all the time. You can see him, no one even around him, and he's still wearing a mask. It's my Trump impression. I know it's marvelous. But yeah, he was going off about how he doesn't wear masks all the time like Biden. And then literally a couple days after, it's announced that he has the coronavirus. Now, in a big tale of bittersweet irony, I think this really sums up the whole democratic process, at least on the Republican side. A lot of the Republican strategy, it seems they can talk about how, you know, they're not for high taxes. We already know that we're for low taxes. They can talk about how they're for conservative values, whether that's in quotation marks family, whether that's, you know, having anti-abortion rights, some things that come out of the Republican Party. But when it comes to getting voters to the polls, they're really about doing it by any means necessary. And one of the weirdest stances to take was not to be all the way for mass. It was always this weird thing, not all the way for social distancing, not all the way for just trying to get people to comply with the coronavirus, um, with what's going on. It was weird. It's, it's so weird. There's a lot of supporters in the coronavirus um, era that are you can find them on the right and they'll be at these anti-mass protests. And a lot of this has spurred out of the right ideology and it's all comes from the top, you know, not taking it seriously at all times. And whether Trump himself believes the coronavirus is serious or not, he's not done the most effective way of basically saying to his supporters that, hey, you need to take this thing really, really seriously because it's very deadly. And the only reason he's doing this is to create a division between Trump supporters and Democratic, or I guess the Democrat supporters. The only reason, he just wants his supporters to have another reason to hate the Democrats and hate the conspiracy that the Democrats are pushing so that they'll go and be even more motivated to vote for the Republicans. And it's such weird stances to take. I, I don't understand why that's the Republican strategy. Obviously, it's effective to get people to vote, but it seems like 
it won't be effective enough to win the election. But I guess at this point, you got to do every trick that you can. And if Herman Cain dying from going to a Trump rally wasn't already red flags about how poisonous his ideology is, Donald Trump getting sick and possibly dying from Corona, I mean, that's wild. And as we've even seen as investors, this has serious impacts on the investing market. I mean, the market's been going through wild volatility. And as we're going up and catching up to the election, it's only going to get worse. Honestly, it's only going to get worse. Like, matter of fact, people right now are subscribed to Bloomberg. They need to be subscribed to Trump's Twitter timeline because what comes out of Trump's Twitter is going to have some serious material impacts on the election. Honestly, it's going to be crazy, whether that's, you know, what condition he's going into, whether that's if he's doing better or worse, when his next um, election with Joe Biden will be scheduled. Like, it's there's just so much craziness about these headlines that with all the uncertainty in the market, it's becoming a very scary place to invest. Um, there's some people on Wall Street bets that are loving this loving themselves some volatility. They got their options and VIX just ready, and they're just waiting to see this market crash right to the bottom. Literal insanity, honestly, literal insanity. And with Donald Trump's health being in question, um, as an investor, you need to have a really ironclad mindset and really understand your strategy. Are you trying to play the volatility or are you trying to just buy and hold and keep the same strategy? Um, Personally, I think for the average person, just buying and holding like you normally do, you know, averaging down every paycheck, putting $500 towards stocks is probably the best course of action. Honestly, buy the same ETFs. Markets are going to either rebound or they're going to shoot to the floor. And when it comes to election day, those two weeks, the two weeks of is Trump going to be president or Joe Biden going to be president? Because, of course, they have to count the ballots. Um, honestly, I could and wouldn't be not be surprised if the market drops between 20 percent in that period or the market grows around 10 percent in that period. Like, I would not be surprised at all. That two weeks is going to be so volatile. We're going to see some records being smashed on Wall Street Bets, uh, Wall Street Bets uh, Reddit form. How am I going to play it? I think going into this election season with just the unpredictability of what Trump has in store for the Democrats or the unpredictability of what Joe Biden's team has in store for Trump. I mean, the tax, the taxes and releasing his taxes was just the gravy in the KFC meal. But my strategy is if the market goes back to where it just was, back at all time highs, back around 3,500 for the S&P, um, I'm going 60% cash, honestly. Um, now, the main reason I'm going 60% cash is 
that at this point, you know, I've had such a good year in the stock market. I want to diversify. I feel like I have a bunch in stocks right now and I want to go get a house, take advantage of the housing market, these low interest rates. And of course, I want to get into this NBA card market slash Pokemon card market because this era is also exploding when it comes to investing. And in the stock market next year in 2021, I could see another 30% increase. Obviously, it's very possible. Um, but at this time, I just want to have my eggs in other baskets, other avenues, because my stock portfolio, I mean, if you go up 40 to 50% one year, um, <laughs> it's 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 cool to like take a bit more of a conservative approach the next year. You don't like I'm not really trying to out beat myself every year. Like I just want to get that average market return. And whether it's seven percent, five percent, or negative ten percent in next year, I'm okay getting that return because I'm really not trying to, you know, obviously I want to beat the market every year, but I'm really not trying to push it and like take it to the extreme limit. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm trying to diversify. This volatility is going to be absolutely sickening. And if I can minimize the volatility's impact on my portfolio, um, I'll do it as best as possible. I do have a bigger portion of gold. I think I'm at like 10% uh, gold, but even like <clears throat> even like 10% gold. Um, gold I've seen having crazy volatility. Like there, it doesn't even seem like any asset class is safe. It doesn't seem like anywhere to put your money safe. So it's be really beneficial to have that long-term mindset. If you're buying a stock, you're buying it to hold it basically forever. I think that's the only way to really come out of this with the right mindset. If you're trying to time this volatility, I think you're going to get burned, honestly. Uh, me, if the market goes down 20% and I don't get to sell the 60% cash, I'm cool with that. It's okay. When the market drops a bit more, I'll buy some more stock and I'll stay in the stock market. However, if the market goes up at all, like if it goes even back to all-time highs, like I'm just selling 20, 30, 40, 50, 60% of my portfolio. I am good. Okay. I don't need this volatility in my life. Um, you know, I, I don't need it. And it will be a great time for me to officially diversify my portfolio. But as always, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. Why is that? That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. How are you planning to play this crazy volatile season? And how do you see Trump's news, especially his coronavirus news, impacting the markets? Let me know on Twitter. I'm at Flight Studio on Twitter and we, Flight Crew, need to take off. It's only going to get worse. Honestly, it's only going to get worse. Like, matter of fact, people right now are subscribed to Bloomberg. They need to be subscribed to Trump's Twitter timeline because what comes out of Trump's Twitter is going to have some serious material impacts on the election. Honestly, it's going to be crazy, whether that's, you know, what condition he's going into, whether that's if he's doing better or worse when his next um, election with Joe Biden will be scheduled. Like it's there's just so much craziness about these headlines that with all the uncertainty in the market, it's becoming a very scary place to invest. Um, there's some people on Wall Street bets that are loving this 
loving themselves some volatility. They got their options and VIX just ready, and they're just waiting to see this market crash right to the bottom. Literal insanity, honestly, literal insanity. And with Donald Trump's health being in question, um, as an investor, you need to have a really ironclad mindset and really understand your strategy. Are you trying to play the volatility or are you trying to just buy and hold and keep the same strategy? Um, personally, I think for the average person, just buying and holding like you normally do, you know, averaging down every paycheck, putting $500 towards stocks is probably the best course of action. Honestly, buy the same ETFs, markets are going to either rebound or they're going to shoot to the floor. And when it comes to election day, those two weeks, the two weeks of is Trump going to be president or Joe Biden going to be president? Because, of course, they have to count the ballots. Um, honestly, I could and wouldn't be not be surprised if the market drops between 20 percent in that period or the market grows around 10 percent in that period. Like I would not be surprised at all. That two weeks is going to be so volatile. We're going to see some records being smashed on Wall Street Brett's uh, Wall Street Bets uh, Reddit form. How am I going to play it? I think going into this election season with just the unpredictability of what Trump has in store for the Democrats or the unpredictability of what Joe Biden's team has in store for Trump. I mean, the tax, the taxes and releasing his taxes was just the gravy in the KFC meal. But my strategy is if the market goes back to where it just was, back at all time highs, back around 3,500 for the S&P, um, I'm going 60% cash, honestly. Um, now, the main reason I'm going 60% cash is that at this point, you know, I've had such a good year in the stock market, I want to diversify. I feel like I have a bunch in stocks right now, and I want to go get a house, take advantage of the housing market, these low interest rates. And of course, I want to get into this NBA card market slash Pokemon card market, because this era is also exploding when it comes to investing. And in the stock market next year in 2021, I could see another 30% increase. Obviously, it's very possible. Um, but at this time, I just want to have my eggs in other baskets, other avenues, because my stock my portfolio, I mean, if you go up 40 to 50% one year, um, <laughs> it's 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 cool to like take a bit more of a conservative approach the next year you don't like i'm not really trying to out beat myself every year like i just want to get that average market return and whether it's seven percent five percent or negative ten percent in next year i'm okay getting that return because i'm really not trying to you know, obviously, I want to beat the market every year, but I'm really not trying to push it and like take it to the extreme limit. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm trying to diversify. This volatility is going to be absolutely sickening. And if I can minimize the volatility's impact on my portfolio, um, I'll do it as best as possible. I do have a bigger portion of gold. I think I'm at like 10 percent uh, gold, but even like <clears throat> even like 10 percent gold. Um 
gold I've seen having crazy volatility. Like there, it doesn't even seem like any asset class is safe. It doesn't seem like anywhere to put your money safe. So it's be- really beneficial to have that long-term mindset. If you're buying a stock, you're buying it to hold it basically forever. I think that's the only way to really come out of this with the right mindset. If you're trying to time this volatility, I think you're going to get burned, honestly. Uh, me, if the market goes down 20% and I don't get to sell the 60% cash, I'm cool with that. It's okay. When the market drops a bit more, I'll buy some more stock and I'll stay in the stock market. However, if the market goes up at all, like if it goes even back to all-time highs, like I'm just selling 20, 30, 40, 50, 60% of my portfolio. I am good. Okay. I don't need this volatility in my life. Um you know, I, I don't need it. And it will be a great time for me to officially diversify my portfolio. But as always, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. Why is that? That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. How are you planning to play this crazy, volatile season? And how do you see Trump's news, especially his coronavirus news, impacting the markets? Let me know on Twitter. I'm at Fly Studio on Twitter and we flight crew. We need to take off.